Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now, just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. That's where we got started with the Man Whore Podcast, talking to exes about why we didn't work out, as well as sex, dating, relationships, gender, love, the occasional butt stuff. You know, it's been a fun ride. What are we talking about? You know, the annual Craigslist pervert conference that I just made up. Oh, okay. Because I want to go. Like, I I just want to check this out. Like, I want to be where all the perverts are. I will send you an invite. I try to organize gangbangs from time to time because women will ask me to. Gangbangs not even like my thing, but wait, are you in? Wait, that you're involved in? Yeah, like chicks will be like, "Oh, could you throw me a gangbang?" Because they're like, "I think you okay. can pull it off," because I can. Well, oh, if I ever wanted a gangbang, I could ask you to like actually put that together for me. I mean, at this point in my life, I like I kind of charge like a fantasy consultation fee, but like, yes, that is a thing that like can be done and organized. Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. It's another great Saturday and I have a fantastic guest on today. Billy Prasita is a stand-up comedian in New York City and the host of the Man Whore podcast, Sex Positive Conversations. He also writes about sex for Mashable and runs a monthly naked comedy show in Brooklyn. And sometimes he's really hot on OnlyFans. Welcome, Billy, to the show. Can y'all tell I wrote the intro? I wrote that. I wrote that last line too. Also, hi, everybody. Hello there. Yes. And it's fucking (laughs) fabulous, by the way. Do you know that you probably don't, well, you don't know this, but you've been on my list, my hit list for a long, long time. Which hit list? I hope it's the one I want. Uh, (laughs) No, it's not the, oh, I need to hit that list. It's just, (laughs) I want him on my show. I don't know. Mm. (laughs) I have had you on my kind of like, okay, reach out to him, reach out to him for the longest time. And here we finally are. I think it's meant to be. I'm happy to be here. Yes. Okay. And congratulations on your podversary, right? You just had that on April 16th. Is that what you said? Yeah. Just just a couple of days ago, I had my nine year podversary. Um, Podversary. You're up there too, Miss. uh, What what, what are you at? Like seven? seven Yeah. Seven years. Yeah. OGs we are. We are the OGs. I mean, it has changed a lot, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. It I mean, is, uh, it's a different landscape. TikToks, <laughs> what? I got a what? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I, just, I won't even get on TikTok. I'm so like against it. I, I just don't want. I don't need another platform like taking me down. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, I don't. I don't need another place telling me I am too slutty to be there. But if I was hotter, I could be there and be slutty. I just I don't have the tits for it yet. Yeah. Working on it. You're working on it though. No. <laughs> so yeah, no, I mean, I got TikTok, but like, you know, the whole concept of like video recording these, uh, the calls or setting up cameras, like I like to show up to someone's place with my microphones and connect and get real. I don't need to like do the whole AV club part of it too. Yes. Thank you. Me too. All right. We are old school. We're just like, we're the OGs. Okay. So I want to start with your backstory. Obviously, you know, you're a stand-up comedian and you've started this podcast. Tell me how you got to that point. 
Uh, well, like roughly towards like the fall of 1988, I'm pretty sure Billy Sr. and Barbara was successfully consummated. <laughs> well, I mean, like how far back you want me to go? You want what we, <laughs> we want like why I started the show? Do we want like why yes. you know, my sex history? Like where, yeah, where are we going? Yeah, I mean, what, yeah, you all of a sudden, what drove you to be a comedian? And then what? said one day you're like, well, fuck, I'm going to have a podcast and here's what it's going to be about. How did you get to that point? Well, I've been a, a stand-up comedy nerd since middle school. Uh, I discovered like Chris Rock and George Carlin when I saw Dogma on HBO. And then I like looked them up. We, it was, this is the Napster days. Yes. Bang, bang, bang. Napster. Tons of stand-up. I just, yeah, the class. And I just, I just fell down a stand-up rabbit hole. Big fan of stand-up. Never wanted to be a stand-up when I was a kid. I wanted to actually be a lawyer. And then when I was like 15, I saw Legally Blonde 2 and that talked me out of it. Uh, and so after that, I was like, okay, I think I would want to like open up a comedy club one day. So I thought, oh, like I'm not funny, but like I would want to facilitate laughter. It's a great way to get to watch a lot of comedy. And when I was in college, I went to NYU in my sophomore year. I would always tell people like, oh, I want to open up a comedy club one day. And they would be like, oh, you should do comedy. You're funny. And so then sophomore year, I did like a talent show in my dorm, got a big laugh on my first joke and caught the bug. In terms of the podcast, I started when I was, okay, so I had a problem, allegedly, depending who you ask, that women would sleep with me, but they wouldn't date me. And I wanted to find out why. Oh. Because I wanted cuddles, I wanted romance, I wanted a relationship and great sex, and I just... But every time I wanted to escalate to like do a relationship, uh, it was always the woman who told me she wanted to keep it super casual. But they wouldn't like stop. They wouldn't be like, "Oh, you like me more than I like you." Well, we're done. They would always be like, "Keep your emotions to yourself and come back and do that thing with your tongue that I like." Right. So I was like, they, all right, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. They like the benefits of you being sensitive, I guess. Let's say right, but they didn't want to officially date that. They wanted to fuck it. They didn't want to date it. Yeah, there's an element of also like I'm very boyfriendy, especially if we're going to be like consistent sexual partners. Like I like to like the people I have sex with on a regular basis. I like I'm not emotionally guarded. I give half a shit, right? So I am somewhat regular texter. And I think they liked that I was boyfriendy. So they got like a lot of boyfriend benefits without the obligation of being a girlfriend. And so it just would happen over and over again. And I started toying with the idea of some sort of serialized content with women from my past, uh, women I briefly dated or, or women from my sexual history and kind of like asking like, why didn't we work out? And when it happened just for the umpteenth time, I was 23 and just decided, you know, or I was 24 and I decided, you know, fuck it, let's do this podcast. I was really smitten with this lady. I had met her on, I think it was like Tinder. We go on two dates, fire dates, insane chemistry, hook up uh, on the second one. I'm like, I'm loving this body. This is going to be great. I'm convinced this is like going to be a girlfriend. I'm convinced I found someone who's going to like me back. Right. And I was telling my therapist at the time about it. And I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I was like, and I said, and you know what? If things with S don't work out, I'll do that silly podcast idea I've, I told you about sometimes. Right. Thanksgiving comes around. She, so after two dates, she goes home for Thanksgiving reconnects with an old boyfriend and they decide to give it another go. I go to therapy the next week and like the immediate response from my therapist was, so you're going to do that podcast. I was like, son of a bitch, I'm committed. Uh, you know, bought some mics, hit up some people 
enough said that they would do it. And that's, that's where we got started with the Man Whore podcast, talking to exes about why we didn't work out, as well as sex, dating, relationships, gender, love, the occasional butt stuff. You know, it's been a fun ride. Yes. Okay. So why, now why did you name it? The, how did you come up with that name, the Man Whore? Uh, well, well, so yeah, a common misconception is sometimes I think I, it's both a good marketing name and bad marketing name, good marketing name. Cause it stands out. Like you hear man whore podcast and you're like, interesting. He doesn't seem like a douchebag when he said it, but then the other side is like, if you're scrolling through, yeah, it stands out. But depending on your sensibilities, you might be like, Ugh. see, it could be like a, like a Joe Rogany type of fella. One of the things that I was concerned about by the time I started the show was I was worried I might have been too slutty to love. I think part of what maybe made people not take me seriously was like, I was very sexual in college. I was very not sexual before college. I could barely get girls to like want to kiss me or hold my hand. I was writing love poems in high school to people Aww. and shit like that, you know? I love like, that. <laughs> Junior year, I think I got like a poem on the front page of our of our school newspaper. There were only two issues before they stopped making it, but like I, I got on the page of one of them. I went to a boarding school, so I get to breakfast, and I remember this chick Amanda, who was best friends with the girl the poem's about. She comes up to me at breakfast. She says, "Billy, I read your poem about Kay. Took my breath away." And I said, "Oh, great! You know, just." She want to like maybe go out sometime. I don't know where you go out on a date in Woodstock, Connecticut, in boarding school, but fine. And she was like, oh, no, 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 that's definitely not going to happen. We just wanted to let you know that like you have beautiful words. We didn't know if you knew you had positive attributes. So we thought we'd, you know, tell you something. <laughs> and so I get to college, I got to NYU and I found a whole bunch of confidence and kind of just burst into my sexual self. And I was in New York City, like I was at a school with a lot of not straight men that a lot of women would complain about a bit. So I was like oddly a commodity. So there were girls at NYU and like FIT. I was in New York City. So I was just around a lot of women when I would go out to bars. So like a lot of older women, even though like 27 was older when you're 19. But like that was an older woman to me. And there was such a thriving Craigslist scene. And I indulged. I indulged in the Craigslist. I tried things. I experimented. I watched couples fuck. I went to Bukaki. I went to the, you know, I was just like, let's just try shit. Okay. Can and, I, I got to ask you, this is, I'm yeah. going to out myself on this right now. That's a word. I've heard it so many times. I don't officially know what Bukaki is. It's highly debated in the community, but okay. depending who you ask, the, the central element is that there is a, a central recipient who is going to be jizzed upon. Okay. It can be just people standing around jerking off onto them. I've done several versions of Bukaki. It could be a bunch of people jerking off onto you. You could be like sucking and, and stroking them, but they have to come onto you. If there's no come on you, that's just a blow bang, baby. You know, it's, it's a different animal. Okay. A blow bang is just with one. I would imagine person. just blowing a bunch of dicks. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 That, that's like a one central person. Yeah, I would say like a blow bang is a gang bang where there's no fucking, there's just sucking. And then the bukkake. So not all, not all blow bangs are bukkakes, but not all bukkakes are blow bangs. Like I said, highly, every year at the conference, we get into massive debates about uh, the terminology. But uh, what are we talking about? You know, about? the annual Craigslist pervert conference that I just made up. Oh, okay. Cause yeah. I wanna go. Like, I, I just wanna check this out. Like, I wanna be where all the perverts are. I will send you an invite. Man Horcon is in August. Man Horcon is real. That is a real thing. Man Horcon? Is not. 
Yes. Is that something you put on? Yeah, that's an annual fan meetup weekend in New York City where listeners from my show come from like all over the country and we hang out for a weekend. We do a lot of fun events. I do a couple like live shows. We party and then they just happen to party in a way that's really hot. I think it's special to have like seen on multiple occasions to like watch your fans fuck each other. It's just really beautiful. I just sit there. I'm like, I made this kind of happen. I made this that's happen. Kinda... Oh my God. You're like, the, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're sitting up there and you're, th- you, do you sit there and just watch it all? When someone's not sucking my dick? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so, okay. And so strangers can come and suck your dick. I mean, if I consent to it and they also want to, I, I also warn everyone like, hi, I'm working this weekend, but like it, it's, there might be possibility. There it's could happened. be. Yes. There could it, be. It, some, it has occurred. There could be some dick the sucking. Past. They're totally possibly maybe could be. It's also though weird. Cause I'm like, Hey, I don't want to put myself out there. Cause like, I don't want to reject someone then like lose a Patreon subscriber, you know, like I can't quite fiscally afford it yet you don't want to lose uh, that 399 or whatever it is i don't know <laughs> yeah it's just like do i make out with this person to keep that like five bucks a month is that <laughs> but yeah so so bukkake is that and and so yeah i did a lot of stuff and when you date people go on dates sexual histories come up and when people asked me i answered and i think either that freaked some people out or they just were like oh he's He's not boyfriend material, but he's good for this. And so I like sincerely was concerned. And sometimes women would joke, be like, oh my God, you're such a man whore. And I'm like, I don't know, is that good or bad? Like, I really, really like you. Does that mean you can't like me? So although it might seem like braggadocious as a title, it's actually kind of just like an acknowledgement of like what people called me and a, a term that was used towards me to make me feel maybe like I'm not serious or not lovable. Yeah, the, the original subtitle of the show was, it used to be the Manor Podcast, A Sex Positive Quest for Love. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So this is kind of like, are man whores and fuck boys the same thing? Again, at the conference, this is another one that this is usually a day two debate that we'll have, but it's definitely highly contested. I would say, one, I think a man whore technically should be like more of a sex work related term but i think a fuck boy there's a certain energy to a fuck boy i think a fuck boy tends to have a bit of a disregard for the people he plays with i think a fuck boy is out for him and his dick first and second and like maybe and maybe tries not to cause harm as a third priority so i think a fuck boy is the type who's going to like fuck you and not call you back or the type to like be love bomby or the type to like oh, not be completely honest. I don't know. I think it's a strategy. I think it's something people could do. I know if I had a fuck boy on the, I had an episode recently, the title is confessions of a fuck boy. And for reasons we get into, we do talk about like his backstory and where he, through therapy, he realized it was coming from, but he would kind of like pour it all out into people early, which would make them raise their expectations. And he was doing that to multiple people at the same time. Cause he didn't really know how to like be honest with people. And then caused a lot of harm in the process. But I think a fuckboy is not super ethical about it, about his sluttiness. I mean, we're all imperfect. Irresponsible with it. Like, would you say just Uh like just irresponsible with it? Yeah, I would say being irresponsible with the sluttiness. 
it's terrible when he's really hot. Like me, I'm like a moderate level of hot. So it's like I'm always in check. I didn't grow up with abs and a big swinging cock to like give me an overinflated ego. I had to earn my ego. Okay. I had to learn how to be funny and eat pussy and like edit shit. Right. Like I had to learn how to write really well constructed text messages with sultry language. I, I had to work hard for my. Uh, okay. Ego. But that pays off. <laughs> that might not be paying off in your 20s, but it pays off down the road. Yo, it all that stuff paid off. It's not called the Man Whore Podcast for no reason. It's, I've done, I've, I have over exceeded most anyone's expectations. Oh, all right. Well, well, we might just touch on that in a minute. Okay. But first, what do you think your body count is at this point? Ugh, I hate that term though. I hate the term <laughs> body count. Okay. It's how many so women have you, how lame. many people have you slept with? Do you sleep with men and women or just women? I sleep with women. It's just, uh, although, although I don't know what these words mean anymore. So I'm just kind of waiting for the academics to figure, you know, when they all shake it out, I will recategorize myself accordingly. Okay. But like, you reserve, um, you reserve that right to recategorize. We'll just note that right here. Well, yeah. Well, cause, well, cause now that, you know, the concepts of gender have been kind of changing and we're, and we're, like I said, everything's in flux. It's like a non binary femme person who has a pussy. Like, what, well, if this person doesn't, call themselves a woman and or whatever, you know, or uh, a super yeah. high femme trans woman. What does that mean? Uh, like, I, know. I don't know what it all means. So I'm just going to wait either. for them to, to tell me what I am. But I just know that I like really hot chicks and femmes. But yeah, so in terms of, I hate the word term body count because it always made it seem like sex was this goal. Like this, like a, like a, like an accomplishment. I remember there's a, I include this scene in an article I wrote for Mashable back in the fall. It's sophomore year, I'm sitting in the living room of my dorm and I lived with a couple frat guys. And so they had a couple of their frat brothers over. So it's like five, six of us sitting in the living room drinking beers and they're playing a game of like, we're like scores and different sex acts get different scores. And you can only repeat a certain sex act with a certain chick a certain number of times before it doesn't count anymore and all that. And they're all like adding up their scores. And I'm sitting there and look, I, I didn't have dude friends. Dudes have always kind of been my enemy. I've never gone along with them very well. They call me a faggot quite a lot. And so I just not, not the biggest fan of them. Uh, so I've always like, all my friends have always been chicks. That's just always how I've, and in college, my, like my crew was like chicks and a gay guy, Vinny, right? Like that was my, it was like a sitcom. And so I'm sitting there and they're all like talking about their scores and their numbers. It's like, oh no, 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 no. You can only count the anal with Michelle twice. Don't count the third time, bro. And then they're all saying their numbers. And I'm sitting there. I think like, this is gross. This is disgusting. Also, I wonder what my score is. <laughs> so I sit there in my head. I'm, I'm thinking of my score. And I don't even think I said it out loud to any of them. But I just noticed that the dudes most interested in like treating sex like a conquest for, for points. I had a high, way higher score than everyone in that room. And I think it's in part because... I don't treat sex that way. I wasn't trying to treat women that way. And I think you can read that. Uh, I think chicks can tend to read that off a guy and people can Definitely. call me a cuck or a white knight or whatever. But I'm like, I don't know. I think empathy is a really strong sexual quality. Yeah. You know, it's like, sure. if, oh, like you're going to give a shit about me. Maybe you'll even give a shit about trying to make me come. That's probably no. cool. You know, and by the way, in the whole point thing, never was making them come points. 
Good news. Strictly Anonymous podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. It was never like, oh man, then I made her squirt. And so that, you know, it's like never. How many orgasms did she have, uh, you know, versus yours? You know, like. Exactly. It's very telling. The amount of women I've slept with. Are we talking, we're talking penis and vagina sex or like just any sort of like Uh, intercourse? Because I don't, I don't fuck everybody I fool around with. Right. Let me think about that. Okay. Just let's just. (laughs) <laughs> Anybody that you've had sexual contact with in any kind of uh, yeah, like anything like beyond like making out something beyond like kissing, yeah, 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 yeah. So probably I'd have to go into the list, but it's probably something like three or four hundred. Wow. Okay, that's a big. I hit. mean, but the, the, here's the thing: in like Vanilla Land, that some people think that's high among my slutty community. I mean, I just interviewed a buddy of mine, Zachary Zane. He's like a fifteen. He's at like fifteen hundred or whatever. He, you know, it's. <laughs> How do you even keep track of it at that point? That's what I just, I don't get, I don't, yeah, that's, that's a big number. Okay. Do you remember, I'm sure you do. Do you remember what your very first episode in your podcast was and what was it about? Yeah, it was Nikki from Tinder. Nikki from Tinder. Who yeah, is Nikki I, from Tinder? Nikki from Tinder is a gal I, I hooked up with on Tinder, I think in the summer of 2012 yeah, so like we went on a date in in like 2012 off Tinder. We walked around Washington Square Park. She came back to my apartment, gave me a blowjob. We were talking about STIs and sexual health stuff. I assured her that like I, you know, I get tested like three to five times a year, you know, depending on my activity level. So I was just like, I'm pretty sure we're good. And she and I told her how like ah, blowjobs are pretty oral sex is generally a lower risk sexual activity. It's not a no risk sexual sexual activity. You can totally get gonorrhea and chlamydia you in your throat, that all your that throat. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, everyone listening, all the other curious girls out there, always when you get an STI panel, if they don't do it already, you ask them swap. always get a throat swap because they don't some, sometimes they just don't do it and like that's a very relevant thing. Anyways. No. Let me plug <laughs> one of my sponsors Shameless Care because that's why they're on this show because they that's a one place you can get the full panel with the throat swab. A lot of doctors don't know about that. You have to either ask for it or, you know, work with a company that automatically does that for you. Okay. Back to 100%. you. 100%. Very, very good test to do. So uh, anyways, like we don't, it doesn't really click. I didn't find her very attractive. I don't think she liked me very much, whatever. I get a text like a week or two later and I still have the screenshot saved, like in the old school iOS, like formatting, like it looks all different. And it just says something like, like Billy Presida, like I've tested positive for oral gonorrhea. So like you may want to get your little hose and check, like have them all get checked or whatever. And then... (laughs) Then she also goes like, uh, oh, and by the way, like your jokes are mediocre at best. Like certainly no Jim Gaffigan or something like that. Oh. And then, <laughs> which hurt my feelings far more. Like you can call me a dirty slut. Don't tell me I'm unfunny because that's sometimes all I got. Oh, that's a low blow. Truly. I tried to respond like calmly with like some empathy, blah, blah, blah. I will go get tested. Thanks for letting me know. I go get tested, negative. And then she hits me up later and she goes like, oh yeah, no, it turned out it was actually just mono. <gasps> not for oh, me no that's awful oh she's yeah, horrible did I she apologize this, 
Uh, I forget. I'd have to check. I, I did read her the text messages on mic when we reconnected a couple years later for the show. <laughs> what did she say? Uh, we had fun with it. You know, yeah. we're, we're on very good terms now. She's she's out there. She's thriving. She's kicking ass. I feel like I probably like text her and check in like maybe two or three times every couple of years just to, you know, just to remind myself of how great she's doing and how like mediocre I'm doing. How really you're, nice. Yeah, how you're still like mediocre at best. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, like we're Facebook friends. Right. And so, so, so she's right. doing good. That was, that was yeah. my first one. And uh, yeah, it was interesting to like go meet up with someone who it's not like we left on great terms and sit down and like hear someone say that they were not very impressed by me too much. So uh, <laughs> that's what was your first, she was on your first episode or you, or that was the that's couple the years first later. one. That was the first episode. Yeah. And she just said, I just wasn't that impressed with you. You know, I have not re-listened to it because I don't know if you like to listen to your old work, but like, I'm oh, not the geez. proudest. Oh my God. 24 year old Billy did not have a lot of great opinions. That was a hot mess back then. Yeah. So yeah, that was the first one. It's pretty fun. And and she came back and she did like a couple more episodes too. So she's been, uh, she's been a good sport. Oh, that's cool. Okay. So I think I saw in my research that you are a relationship hopper. Is that... What does that mean? I heard I picked that up in one of your episodes or something. Are I don't you think that's me. Are you? Ah, it said relationship hopper. I think you got bad intel. Uh, <laughs> I did not. Well, what's, well, let's, let, well, let's let, well, let's break it down. So what really, is a relationship hopper? I don't hopper? get bad intel. I don't get bad intel. <laughs> what's a relationship hopper to you? Maybe I have a different definition in mind. It's definitely it not a term I've, I've used. It was, it was your term. It, maybe it was one of your guest terms. It was in your show notes. I saw, maybe, I was like, maybe what? I was talking about, maybe I was talking about the, the guest or something. No, I don't think I'm a really, I actually am really careful about like when I want to escalate to like, okay, this is like girlfriend. I'm, I'm yeah. really intentional. I don't like, I need to know that this is like a love thing. And it's, it's kind of that intangible chemistry connection you feel sometimes, not just like, Hey, we've got great chemistry. We can like hang out and laugh and have a good time and care about each other and fuck which for some people is what their romantic relationships look like. For me, there's this, this extra level where I there go is. like, no, that's, that's the love thing. That's the, the space. But then that's what makes one thing. The other thing is that love, that thing you just can't properly decide, but you feel it in your chest when it's not COVID, you know, you can just like feel it on the inside. So no, I, I definitely don't like hop relationship to relationship because I'm really cautious about who I want to go to that next step with. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I was that's why I was kind of like, huh, I thought he seemed more a little more sensitive side. Now he says he's a relationship hopper. Let's get to the bottom of that. Okay. I mean, like so, but one can be sensitive and be slutty, you know, like these things are not mutually sure. exclusive. Oh I, no. And if anything right now I'm uh, you know, I'm still reeling from my last breakup, so I'm actually right now not on the relationship escalator at all. So when I started seeing, you know, putting myself back out there last year, Anyone who I thought was going to be a repeat thing with where we got chemistry and I thought we can like each other. I, I did make it clear. Hi, like I am not romantically available right now. That doesn't mean I'm not, emo I'm emotionally available. I'm not romantically available. I need to be my own really, I need to have a relationship with me right now. I need, I've never really done that properly before focus on like myself and work and and so I can have a lot of really great loving friendships that are also sexual, but I need to be my, my biggest priority kind of for the first time. And so, so like the P I have some regular partners 
and I care about them very much, but the expectations are just different than if we were, if they were girlfriends or, you know, serious partners. So if I'm not on the relationship escalator, I'm on, I'm on the relationship, whatever that thing at the airport is that like just makes you get there a little fat, the conveyor belt. I'm on the relationship conveyor belt. I am, <laughs> this is where I'm at and this is where I'm staying at least till I get to my gate. Steady. It's just like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I got it. So why is it actually important for you to have sex positive conversations? I mean, we don't talk about sex very much and as like a, as a, as a culture, yeah. as a country, we don't really teach sex ed. I mean, Jesus, like somebody just a guy wearing a really fun dress and makeup, reading a kid's book is causing outrage all over the fucking country. Right. Like, and right. that's not even sexual. People are just putting sex onto that. People are freaking about the concept of sex. And I just think having these conversations are important. I think it helps people know that they're not alone. I remember, so like I'm non-monogamous, right? I didn't know what that word was. I didn't even know the word. I had no idea, but like I just knew that this monogamy thing didn't make all the sense. It seemed like an option, but everyone talked about it like it was the absolute, like this is what you do. And I was like, no, it just seems like a thing one can do. And I don't know if that's the thing I want to do. I don't think that's how my love works. And so I just had to come up with my own terminology. But I also was like, maybe I'm fucking weird. Maybe I'm broken. I don't know. And I, summer before senior year of college, I'm at this bar. I'm watching uh, like a, I think it was a World Cup match. And uh, I was actually, I had a bunch of money in my pocket. I was going to go to Mohegan Sun after, after I ate this, uh, this burger and watched this game. And these two like hot older women were in there and they started talking to me and they were like 38. I was 21 and we're talking, we're talking. And one of them goes to the bathroom and her friend goes, you know, she used to be a swinger. Like, like she thought it was saucy, but I'm like, okay. And you know, I've been, I've been on Craigslist, but when the, when she came back, <laughs> did you post ads on the Craigslist personals? Just, yeah. I answered ads. I posted ads. I, I had a lot of fun on Craigslist. RIP to a king. All right. Fucking Sesta Fosta taking away, making the internet stuff, more yeah. censored and taking away the Craigslist personals ads. Right. So Jen comes back from the bathroom and, and I'm like, your friend ratted you out. And that got us talking about, you know, her and her husband's relationship and the non-monogamy. Because I thought these... I thought they were flirting with me, but it was like, I see wedding rings. And, and so we just had an open conversation about it. And it was the first time I'd met someone in person and spoke to in person. And I just met in a normal course of events who lived like a different relationship style. And it made me feel not fucking weird. It made me feel not broken. It made it feel like, oh, this way I would like to live life might be valid because this lady, she's got kids, she's got a job, she's got a husband, all this stuff like it seems to be fine for them. And that was like really, that was a really important moment and afternoon for me. And not just because later that night we all went out dancing. I made out with both of them, but like, it was really, it was a validating moment. And I think when we have these conversations out in the open, you never know who's going to hear it and go, Oh shit, I'm not the only one. Like someone in Tulsa or maybe not someone in like a small town somewhere in like the fucking Bible belt might feel kinky feelings or they might think that I might be queer, but I don't know. There's no one around or they might be like, I don't think I want to be monogamous. Right. And a lot of people in these smaller places where no one's talking about it, I think so many people feel alone. And that's why, you know, 
Like I have a, um, a discord server called the champagne room that where people can come and connect with like-minded people because wherever they are, they're worried. They're kind of the only one and they're not, they're hundred percent not. But if no one puts their freak flag out there, then like everyone thinks they're alone. So like if you live in a small place and you start wearing a fucking rainbow flag to school or to work, or if you are casually not not in an appropriate way but like appropriately open about your kink interests or lifestyle right all of a sudden people will come out the woodwork it'll be in the dms or they will like take you aside in a corner because they've got questions because them too they just didn't know anybody else somebody's got to be the brave one to put it out there and say hi that can be with a lot of things that could be a, a, a man who has fucking feelings, which is almost all of us. Right. But we are socialized that we got to be men in like a certain way. And this is how you do masculinity. And but really, a lot of those guys, uh, you know, their dads just didn't love them enough and they, and they want to have a good cry, but they don't <laughs> think they're allowed to until right. you meet some other people, some other dudes who are like not total pieces of shit and are like emotionally intelligent and then you go oh this is safe for me to express how i feel too and so that's why i think it's it's very important to have these conversations this is why all the the censorship stuff in schools it does you know all this these books or talking about uh sexual identity and gender like this does not it's not making anyone a thing some people i mean a seven-year-old might hear a thing and be like i want to be gay but like you know they also say i want to be a dinosaur it doesn't matter. Like, it, 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 give it three minutes and they'll be like, oh, now I yeah. want to be something because they're fucking children. It doesn't matter. But it's so important. And, and fucking even the, the governor, for, the Republican governor from Utah, who I'm sure he and I disagree on many things, even he wrote when he vetoed a trans sports ban for like students in Utah where there was one student. So it was like, we're going to target Sally, right? He even wrote in the thing, he's like, look, I don't totally get this either, but all the research I see says that if they can like speak openly and they don't see people shitting on their identity constantly, that they're going to be happier. And I want these kids to live. He said, I want the kids to live. And if you don't let anyone talk about the thing that's all going on, whether or not you talk about it, it's going on inside. Um, just study after study shows, it leads them to be more depressed, leads them to be suicidal, it leads to uh, drug abuse. It's just, we got to talk about things, whether it's being slutty or being kinky or poly or queer, or like I said, be, dare I say, being a man who likes football and is sensitive. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. I think that's actually the best. I love men. I love men. I love that. Yeah, I don't I know men. why. We tend to be terrible, but- I don't know. I just like, I love masculinity. And I, you know what I hate is that term toxic masculinity. I think whoever came up with that should be like stomped on, should have their dick kicked in. That's that, so interesting. It, why, why, why is that? Because I think if you said toxic femininity, women would be coming out of the woodwork to lynch you. But I there is toxic that, femininity and I, I'm, I, I'm very unlynched still. I don't think that men being men should be pissed on. I just think like, that's just a, I think we, I think our words have power and I think we have to be careful about how we weaponize them and what we say. And if a guy's really masculine, I mean, let's, if we're going to well, say well, it's well, toxic well, masculinity, real, 
let's direct, actually, let's be very specific about what we mean by that. Because that's, that's what I was going to ask you, because general. I think sometimes on the internet, we throw around a lot of like SEO buzzwords that we saw like in a headline on BuzzFeed. And then, but saying. like, we're not even using them anymore. Like grooming, they don't even know what groom, they don't know what woke means. They don't know what grooming means because like they're misusing them. I know the origin of them because I fucking read a lot, but they just throw them around and then it stops having a meaning. So just before you, you keep going, I just want, what is it that you believe the term toxic masculinity means? I believe it's just an attack on masculine men, men being men. Like well, they not should, an they attack, should, just like this is define it. Yeah. That there's something about their being masculine and not being sort of feminizing themselves in a way that, that that's a bad thing. And I don't like it too far right, too far left. I am like, in, like, let's go with the straight down the middle here and use some common sense. And I just don't think that, you know, some of the terms that we use today maybe have the effect that people want them to have. But I do think that we just, again, have to be very careful about the words and labels that we put on people, you know, and think about it from a big picture perspective. I wish more people were more precise with their language, but the more I read about history and the history of communication, the history of language, like it's actually been a problem kind of forever. Like we've always kind of misused words because it just sounded better. It makes a story sound better. It makes it sound more exciting. It makes me, maybe it makes you feel more justified to use a term. So I agree that like, there are definitely people who use that phrase maybe in the wrong instances. To me though, when I say toxic masculinity, I am talking about typical parts of this construct of masculinity that I think are toxic. Not masculinity is toxic, but the element, certain parts of it that are. The parts that think that, like I alluded to earlier, like kind of the parts of masculinity that are, that say, go forth and conquest and fuck bitches. Go, you know, when they say like, oh, sow your wild oats, so then you can go settle down with your boring wife you're going to resent for 30 years, right? It, it, like that type of stuff. That's that type, that, type that of stuff sense. is toxic. Uh, yeah. Jumping straight to anger be, instead of engaging with your own emotions, which is something that we teach men to do because we tell them like almost like being angry is like this show of strength beat your chest. Yeah. Right. It's like, but that's also kind of easier than taking a beat and being like, well, why am I angry? Cause anger is a secondary emotion. So why am I angry? Oh, I'm angry. Cause I'm actually feeling hurt and I don't want to actually engage with why I'm feeling hurt. Cause that would be emotionally difficult to do and maybe require going to therapy. So instead I'm going to yell and scream and punch this wall. I think that's toxic masculinity with the idea of push down the feelings and don't be emotional, right? So it's not that I think being masculine is toxic, but I just think there are certain things that are traditionally masculine that are toxic that women can do too. I also tend to just generally push back against the notion of men being men because I disagree that there is a way to be a man and a way to be a woman because I have never, I've rare, again, aside from my undying love for the sport of football, I'm not really super man, and, and the fact that I don't wash my bed sheets enough. There's some of that, some of that stuff. Okay. Oh but, no! Can I see like your body soot outline on your sheets? No, no, no. I actually just washed them last uh, oh, okay. uh, over the weekend. A, last weekend. That's like when you roll into a guy's room for the first time and you see that. Oh fuck! No, he's like. Yeah, you want toxic out. masculinity? Mattress on the floor. That's toxic masculinity <laughs> too. No Time hand towels. That's turn over as a bed table. <laughs> the amount of things. Half eaten pizza. 
chicken wings. So, so you know, it's 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 a little bit of that, but I also just push back against the notion of being like a man because I've never really been like a man, and that's why the boys, in part, always made fun of me and bullied the shit out of me, right? So I, you know, jumping to fist fights, like th this is. So I just push back against that notion. I think you be however you need to be. I don't know if it's there's one way to be a man, and if I don't do it, I'm just not a man. Or if it's there are a lot of different ways to do manhood, and they're all valid. I don't know what it is I'm doing. I'm just trying to be Miley over here. And it's I go to therapy. I cry sometimes. I like watching the game. I dress like a schlub. I like to have sex with women. If, if I do a little yoga. If that's all not being a man, then take my card, I guess. So that's my little pushback there is like, I one don't think there's one way to do the thing. And then also the phrase toxic masculinity, I think, at least when I use it, is describing certain toxic things that are traditionally male, but not exclusively male. And it's not a phrase I use for the whole totality of, of manhood. I don't know. Yeah. It's just not my favorite term because I prefer to be very specific and direct when I'm going to label something or at least so you'd rather say it. like, I don't like when men are being like physically violent as a, as I guess just then what uh, terminology would you want to use then to describe like the pattern of a lot of these traits that, you know, for me, it's not, it's just it's because it's, there's it's clearly a pattern. You know what I mean? Like toxic masculinity, that's fucking the fact that if you put an ad on Reddit right now and as like specific, I tried to organize gangbangs from time to time because women will ask me to. Gangbangs, not even like my thing, but. Wait, are he, you involved? Wait, that you're involved in? Yeah, like chicks will be like, oh, could you throw me a gangbang? Because they're like, I think you okay. can pull it off because I can. No, well, if I ever wanted a gangbang, I could ask you to like actually put that together for me. I mean, at this point in my life, I like, I kind of charge like a fantasy consultation fee, but like, yes, that is a thing that like can be done and organized. How much would you charge me? You know, we talk off mic. People can shoot me an email. <laughs> no, frankly, it totally depends. Like how big of a gangbang, how particular is the gangbang, right? Like, is it kind of a general thing? There's factors that go into play. It is work. And so when I put out an ad, right, I'm like, this hottie is going to fucking suck you for totally free. And mostly what you have to do is send <laughs> these three pieces of information. It is all you have to send, right? And I would get flooded inbox of address or, yo, y'all still looking? Or uh, here's my dick. I'd love to come to the gangbang, right? And, and, and now that Welcome is never an issue with the women. Woman. This is what we deal with. Right. I, and I think that's another yeah. example of TM that we can call it whatever we want, but just like the fact that like that I, is I not an issue them, I have I with women. Ding -dongs. I just call them ding dongs. Ding dongs. <laughs> toxic ding dongness. There's nothing <laughs> Thinking toxic with your dick. They're just ding dongs. I mean, sure. I don't even know what. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to put anything else into it other than that. I mean, like I had one guy who's just like he hits me up. He doesn't like follow the instructions, and it's a shame because he sends a picture and he's actually kind of a fit for what she wanted. But here's also, and guys, listen to this. this is the empathy part, please. If you haven't turned me off because you're like this dude sounds super gay, he's talking about his feelings. Just listen to me on if one thing. A gangbang, for example, is such like a vulnerable situation to be in, right? Yes. So if there's all these instructions there, if there's a detailed post. 
my style is you have to follow this the first time because I have to trust you can follow instructions because like I'm going to be in a I'm going to be in a room with nine men and this this vulnerable blindfolded lady. And if you can't follow instructions in a post, how on earth can I trust you to follow the instructions in the room of boundaries, consent, making sure you came at the right time? Think about someone other than your dick when your dick is hard. And I promise you, I promise you, if you're thinking about other people before your own dick, more people are going to want to touch your dick. I swear. Truer words were never spoken. Dude goes like, I said, I said to the guy, I was like, did you read the post? And he said, no, which I appreciate the honesty. So I asked him, if you don't mind me asking, why didn't you? And he said, just seemed kind of long. Men won't read 300 to 400 words to get their dick sucked for free. I don't understand that. And you're right, because it's like, oh my God, you can't even like, the first thing I'm going to think is you're terrible in bed. Like, I don't want you touching me. Fuck no. You know? Layla, this is why I have to charge to throw a gangbang because I have to put up with all that shit. <laughs> I don't even date men and I fucking We're can't stand them. For free. We've been doing it for free our whole lives. Just and that's why that on your shit. page for the, in my notebook for when we're doing uh, your episode of my show in, in just a, in a little bit, it's like the only thing I really have is you wrote, I love you men even more. Uh, you said, I love you men even more. And then I wrote, can't relate. We seem horrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, like my first question was going to be like, so why the fuck do you love us? Because we're like I your do. leading cause of death. <laughs> I do. I mean, I really, because men just turn me on. Men turn me on. I mean, plain and simple. Like, Maybe I, if we I started really- saying, like, instead of saying, like, men turn me on, we start saying type of man turns me on empathetic man turns me on man who listens to me when I speak to man who asks me questions on a first date too, turn me on. I think a lot of men are just riding on like, she says she loves dudes. I'm a dude done. Yeah. Well, not ding dongs. I don't love ding dongs. So right. yeah, but no man thinks he's a ding dong. The ding dongs don't think they're ding dongs. The ding dongs think they're doing great. They really do. They're so proud of their dicks and they just can't wait to hit the send, you know, button, but they don't even ask your name and it's like, Here's my dick. Yeah. <laughs> I I could make just a career out of making fun of men who send dick pics and all the funny little scribbles and pictures I make on them and then repost them and tag them and, you know, hey, does your mom know you do this? And slap, slap your parents. <laughs> they turned an idiot out into the world. Sorry, I don't know what to tell you. If it wouldn't get you prosecuted for both copyright and revenge porn laws, I would say turn it into a coffee book. I know. Coffee table book. <laughs> Would that be? But you know what? If you see, if you scribble on them and disguise them, I think you're still potentially liable to uh, a revenge porn th- prosecution, depending on where you are. If someone discovered it and then want to make a stink, but somebody's going to have to come forward and say, "That is my dick with a smiley face and a yeah. bow on it and arms." Yeah. yeah. And how are we going to? He's know? like, because here's the because it'll be like, hi, here's the original. And there are enough disgusting men out there who'd be like, just to prove my point, I'm going to out myself as disgusting. You know what men love almost as much as pussy? Being right. I thought that was women. I think, I mean, maybe it's everybody. I know I like being right almost as much as I like coming. Sometimes my quest to be right prevents me from getting laid. I think that might just be like a human thing. Might be. I really do. Because I think a lot of people just want to be right. And- I get in that mode myself. (laughs) Love it. Okay. So what are your thoughts on all of this censorship that we have going on? We talked about why, you know, sex positive conversations are important. 
it is important. And then we, when we try to do it, we butt up against all of this fucking censorship just for words, even like forget about pictures. What do you think about all that? My opinion on it is it's all bullshit. But now, you know, we see a lot of people screaming, particularly on the right more recently about like censorship and free speech. And, uh, you know, I want to be able to say the N word on Twitter. Right. It's like they didn't care when it was whores and whores have been quite loud and proud, not proud, but quite loud about hi, they're censoring sex based speech. Whether you're a sex worker, porn star, you know, whether you're doing like client-based sex work, which is a crime, or you're a porn star, which is 100% legal to do. Whether you are a sex educator, a fucking doula teaching people about menstruation, or you're a fucking silly comedian who sells a couple dick pics on the side, there's a censorship, especially more so since Sesta Fosta passed in 2018. That, that was an impetus that really kind of made it go even harder. And so my, where I call bullshit on anyone who's like tweeting about first amendment, anything is where were you before? Where were you? And why is it only the speech that your speech that's being censored? Because frankly, when I talk about free speech, I am talking about all of it. I do believe X and Y and Z and I try to keep it consistent. I know my fucking history. I know like I, there's a lot of comedians right now out there who are yelling about cancel culture because they lost a gig. That's not censorship. Lenny Bruce got taken off of multiple stages and fucking handcuffs, and he got fucking put in jail for saying the word cocksucker on stage, okay? Larry Flint got shot and paralyzed for free speech and took it to the Supreme Court. George Carlin fought to the Supreme Court for free speech. You're upset because you, you, you lost a gig because you, you said tranny on stage, and you're mad that people are mad. People have been mad about people saying a joke on stage for the history of people saying jokes on stage grow up. And then where I call bullshit is like, oh, you're only caring about it now that's allegedly affecting you. And sex-based speech has been getting censored for many, many years. And it's really tiring. And sometimes it's really disheartening. It's like, why bother posting? Why bother creating? Yeah. I mean, I run a naked show in, in New York City. Uh, I know. Where- I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. And I, you know, I, I posted a clip, uh, like a, like a tiktok type of clip, you know, a stand-up clip, but I censored it. I put a censor bar over everything between there's an audience member's head strategically placed and a censor bar. There's nothing showing. It's just my flabby shit body upper torso. Yeah, okay. That's all that. Right. And so Instagram, it seems to not be fucking with me, but like TikTok, when I first posted it for two hours, I had zero views. Because it could like detect skin. And so if it detects too much skin, it will just be like, oh, that must be a naked person. His tits are too big. So it must be a chick showing tits, right? Uh, If I was like more in shape, it would be okay, I guess. I want to do an experiment with like my jacked comedy buddy friends and and then like me and see like which ones get censored and which don't. Yeah. And like I'm trying to repost it with different things on it just to game an algorithm that's like deciding that like not a naked body being depicted but the concept of a naked body being out there is too fucking much. I don't know. It's just tiring. I get tired a lot. You know, I got a fucking, I had a video taken down and I Uh-oh. like lost my Instagram. I don't know. Like I had a fucking post taken down because uh, years back because, and they threatened to t- lose my whole account because I unzipped my fly. I reached my hand into my pants and I pulled out a microphone. Uh-huh. I swear to God. And then I said, can I have a human review? And they were like, sure. And then they instantly got back to me and be like, yeah, no, this is definitely porn. This is definitely nudity. I'm like, what? So it's tiring. 
But you know, keep crazy. every yeah, hey, keep shouting cancel culture because someone was mad at you. Like you're you're not facing actual repercussion. You lose a gig, you lose a gig. You can lose a gig for all sorts of things. You used to lose gigs for you know being queer. Did you care then, or do you just care because like you lost a gig because you said some shitty shit, and then people treated you like you said shitty shit? I don't know. And as a man, what are your biggest insecurities around sex? Oh yeah, body for sure. Uh, although I've been learning how to like lean into this, like this, like kind of beefy body type thing going on. The more women have publicly been saying on the internet that they are attracted to a, I don't know, like a, I don't know if they say stocky or I don't, I don't know if you, I don't know what you call my body type, but like, it's not thin, right? I look strong. Like I, I look like I used to work out a lot, like eight months ago. That's my body type, whatever that is. That's me. <laughs> I look like I can, I can still I can still pick up your air conditioner unassisted, but like I don't have abs, and I started getting more comfortable about it when I started doing OnlyFans and I saw women publicly like thirsting over my body type when I was posting my like sex party outfits, which are like safe for work, but they're fabulous, right? And, and so and people were like, "Oh my, you're so hot," and that really helped. I think like the whole dad bob thing, like it's in because I was always worried that women would only be into me because of like my personality, which actually is more of a detriment I, I learned over the years, <laughs> if anything. I always thought that like I thought I had the look of, um, you know how there's guys you'll see on the street and you'd be like, ooh, I got to fuck that guy, right? I was worried people would look at me and go like, I could fuck that guy. Let me hear a few of his opinions first, right? Like. And now I'm learning like, no, there are people who like sight unseen will find me attractive. And there are people who sight unseen won't find me attractive. It's almost as if everyone's different, has different preferences. It's just that for, you know, the, my entire lifetime on the internet, uh, people for the most part were only posting thirst traps of like Michael B. Jordan and Chris Hemsworth. So when they start saying like, oh no, this guy here, this stocky dude, fucking, I want to fuck him up. That like almost confirms it to me. And it, it makes me feel like, oh, the chicks aren't just being nice. So uh, body insecurities on my worst days still are think, kind of there. Do you think a lot of guys have body insecurities and they 100%. just don't talk about it? Because women Again, talk about it. like you, It's just no. Like we're just right. like, I mean. Men are not allowed to feel. They're not allowed to be. They're not allowed to. You know, it's, it's either like you're not allowed to say anything or get to the gym and fix it. How about like, can we just take a care, care of me emotionally for a moment? And maybe I will go to the gym and fix it or not. But like, can we value my, my emotions? So, uh, I mean, I think it's something like a third of teenage boys will use some form of unhealthy eating practice or something like that to lose weight. The really? stats for, for boy eating disorders are high. We don't talk about it because again, men are supposed to be a certain way if we could make it so that men don't have to be a certain way there might be more possibilities as we've also over the decades been trying to break down that it's not that being that feminine femme femme is bad it's just that it shouldn't be the the default it shouldn't be the goal it should be like one of many valid options just like monogamy you shouldn't default into monogamy you should choose monogamy or non-monogamy or all of this is it's just we need to open the space partly by talking about it more just to be like, it's all valid. The thing you like were raised on in the nineties or whenever that you thought was the only way it's actually not the only way and just get on board, you know? Right. No, I totally, yes, I love it. I, I like what you said there about, you know, just 
choosing which one is right for you that, yeah. you know, it isn't a one size fits all. Yeah. I think that's been the problem, you know, is that's what everyone's pushed towards one thing and just doesn't work for everybody. Mm-hmm. So let's yeah. find out what does as long as it, you've got consent. Yeah. <laughs> also in bed, you know, another insecurity of mine is uh, like, I want to know I'm doing a good job. I do not like to be inside someone and like not know how I'm doing. It's fucking awkward. Eventually I'll just stop and be like, Hey, check in. Or we could you want pause. Cause like, I'd rather not come than like, basically masturbate into somebody right so i sometimes get so i i get nervous and i have to when i'm dating during like the not when we're talking and we're not in bed i have to like kind of suss somebody out like what their relationship towards pleasure and sexuality is like is this type of person who can speak up when something doesn't feel good is this type of person who will give me a little direction if i am i just need a little more to the left just a little yep right there right or is this someone who falls into what Sadly, too many women have fallen into or were socialized as, which was sex isn't necessarily, doesn't have to feel good for you. Serve your purpose. Please a man. So I actually tend to not sleep with a lot of women who I pick up on that unless, you know, it's it's just not for, I'm like, I don't want to be your teacher and I don't want to be down there being like, oh, she's just like pretending. No. I like to be with a sexually confident chick who knows how to, even if she's not the most confident, but at least knows how to speak up when something hurts, when something isn't feeling good, when she actively wants to do something different. That's hot for me because, like, I'll come. It's not that difficult. Yeah. I want us to both have a good time. Right. So what do you do when you're in that situation where you feel like she's just kind of going along with the program? She's not super communicative to mm. you and, you know, you're just, like you feel like she's just laying there and taking it or whatever. Yeah. I think I ran into that more so in my twenties and and definitely with like younger partners, but, but I've also run into it with like women who were like roughly the same age as, as me at the times or whatever. I think a really good example of it is like, you know, there, there have been a few times where like I'm going down on somebody and I'm not, I'm not getting those nonverbal reactions like the twitches in the back of the hamstring right that's something an involuntary muscle reaction or wetness or bucking of like movement moaning anything right okay let's switch the plan b let's try this instead okay well how about if we do fingering that's not working no okay it's not okay what about what about this at some point i'm just gonna stop i'm gonna ask i'm like hey how's that feel would you like me to do something different i've literally asked someone like been down there and just been like this is not really doing it for you (laughs) <laughs> and sometimes they'll say, and when they're invited to maybe be honest, you know, then they could be like, oh yeah, no, I'm not, you know, or actually I'm more of an inside, actually like fingering more than oral. Okay, great. She told me that 10 minutes ago, I'd feel less weird. You'd feel less weird. And that like, let's do the things that feel good. So communicate, speaking up, it might feel awkward. It might feel like it's not the way it would go in a porno, but that's also not how good sex works. Good sex involves, I ate out this chick on Saturday. And like, she was so good with direction. She was like a little higher. Great. Or she said like, can you go actually a little softer to start? Cool. Like when I was fingering her, she instantly was like, I don't need to be fucked with your fingers. I just want you to like press and apply pressure. Oh, like stroke and apply pressure. Everybody's different. I have a lot of different tools in the toolkit. I just need to know which tools I need here. Perfect. I love that. No, that's great. I I have no problem. Like I love to just tell somebody this is what you do. I uh, like communicating during sex. I like that conversation. I like that connection that, you know, just, and 
I don't expect guys to be mind readers. You know, I mean, everybody's different. Every yeah. every woman's wired differently. And the only, the one I will tell you this: I have only been with one woman, and I didn't even go down on her. But just the first time I saw another woman's pussy, I was like, "That doesn't look like mine." Right. Where is everything? <laughs> yeah. And I literally was like, I'm so glad I'm not going down on her because I, A, wouldn't know what the fuck to do. And I don't even know where her clit is. Like, I just like, the, yeah. after that, yeah. it was just like, men, you are all forgiven. Like, I get it. This is difficult. And we're all wired so differently. And just even the way she was with her fiance, you know, like, and he was good because he could switch it up. He's like, okay. He had to fuck her one way and fuck me another way. Cause right. we, she's just like, she wants him getting in there and just bat, 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 bat. And I'm like, okay, I want you to do that at the end when I'm like ready to come, like yeah. that is going to get me over the edge, but I don't need that. I need you to build up to that. We're going to, yeah. can you just give me a little detail list of how to get you off just in case I ever need it? Can you, uh, exactly. I, I will send one out. over. I'll have my assistant just, you know, email it to you. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah, there's uh, just no, uh, by the way, if I may, because I think, are you right, you're right now still doing a campaign with Beducated? Yes. Okay, cool. If I may, because I'm not currently running one, so like, I don't care if they use your code and I've done campaigns with Beducated in the past. I love Beducated. Beducated is the fucking tits. Big fan. And because it's like they give you the video modules for so many of the courses. So like you can see, I did a pussy massage fucking video. I watched one of the videos of the whole course, just one video. And I went to a partner afterwards and I did the thing and she just instantly her. I was like massaging the outer labia and her eyes fucking went wide and said, what the fuck are you doing in such the, in the best way? Um, in the best so way. Yeah. It, it, guys, like it's just, you want to go get tools for the toolkit. You want to be able to have some different skill sets. They don't won't be needed for every person, but it's good to have a bunch of them so you have the right ones for whoever you're with at the time. So, like, I'm not getting paid for this, but I'm no, co-signing but for my sponsor. paid I, sponsorship for Beducated. Right. My paid sponsor, everyone, click on the link in the show notes. You get your discount, and I still have a membership it. myself. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I was I was using it the other day because. I have a partner that, you know, I want to give a prostate massage to, Ooh. and I've done that before, but I like, see, if, if you're in bed with me, like I want to rock your world. I don't want to be any kind of average or any of that shit. Like I zero in on what do you like? What do you want to do? Let's make it happen. And then literally I will go and educate myself for as much education as I think I have. I don't care. I still want to be, have it fresh in my mind. Like I'm ready here we go. You know, it's yeah. on. It's just, that's fun for me, you know, to, to learn that stuff and then go, okay, let's, let's play around. I got oh, it. Oh, a third, a third, because I think you had asked for three, but a third just popped up is that I do get nervous about getting into um, a routine and getting and being an average, whatever, something not disappointing in bed, but not blowing the socks off. Like maybe I used to. And so like changing things up or being mindful is something else that like I have to like that happened this weekend. I was taking a moped over to a lover's place for our, our, our weekly uh, Sunday night yellow jacket dates, which we've also now learned due, due to the way this season's going. Uh, we got to fuck before we watch because it's hard to have sex after that show these days. And I was like, oh, oh my like, God, is it back on? Is it back on? Season two. And it's fucking gnarly. Wait a minute. I think I saw season two. No, I'm, I'm no, waiting no, for season two. Season two where you just had episode four that just came out. It's gnarly. I'm a big are they fan. Still, a, are they still stranded? 
Well, yeah, it's like, you know, but, you know, they're popping around in the timeline. But, yeah, no, they're still out there. It's still winter. The girls are fucking hungry. Anyways. (gasps) Uh Uh-oh. Who are they going to (laughs) eat? You'll find out. Uh, So, so, (laughs) you know, I was thinking, like, wow, like, I feel like I've been, I haven't been enjoying sex with her as much as normal. And maybe she hasn't because, like, I do feel like it gone to this rut and a little rushed. And I was like, oh, let's slow it down. I'm not in a rush. I don't have to leave her place by a certain time. And just chill the fuck out. I'm going to fuck her some. Whether I like go soft or not at some point in the middle, we're going to do some other thing. Then I'm going to go back and fuck her some more. Like, I think uh, it, like stopping and starting the, the fuck part to do all sorts of other sexual stuff, highly underrated. And then by the time of it, like end of it, like we had a really great fucking, oh, what a great fuck. And, but yeah, sometimes I get self-conscious about like getting complacent. And sometimes that also involves like, you know, you're saying you don't want to be average something. Sometimes I have to let myself be an average something like lazy morning sex. The same person once you. Oh, well, that's different though. But morning sex is uh, like, I love waking someone up because I'm horny in the early morning. And then like starting my day like that. That's the best. But like sometimes I wake up and like all oh, my like my fingers like don't want to close and I'm so tired. <laughs> so then I'm like, well, I don't they'll want to fuck, but then I'll be like, I don't think I can give you the fuck that like I think you deserve. So I'll just like not do it all. And they'll be like, hey, babe, she said this one time. She's like, we can have lazy morning sex. I was like, yeah. She's like, yeah. So then we had lazy morning sex. And then afterwards she said, That's what you th- you think that's lazy? You thought that was lazy sex? I was like, yeah. It's like, that's great. Lazy morning sex then. I was like, okay, cool. And then I had to have like permission to not always do the, the hundred percent rock star treatment. You know, sometimes you can just have like a good fun, relaxed sex session, you know, however it looks. But basically I think what to take away from that is, is that sex does not have to look one specific way. Every time can be all sorts of things. Exactly. It's not just oral, oral fuck come. Right. No. Yeah. Mix it up. I, I mean, yes, absolutely. I love, I love what you said. Like I like a marathon session really. I mean, I just, and I like to take my time with it and see where it goes. Like, okay, well we're going to be doing this for a little while now. Hey, let's, let's stop and do this and just mixing it up. I mean, lo- lots of toys. Yeah. Like <laughs> when you hook like up a- with someone for the first or second, those first few times, like those sometimes end up being these like three hour sessions. Like maybe like I came a couple of times, they came stuff like we, there was a water break in the middle and we're just like having it. There's like 40 minutes of just making out and grinding. Right. Uh, the, yeah. That's the best. Don't like bring that back. Like let's do a half hour making out. Let's gr- let's really build that up. Like not to, because once we start fucking, we think like, oh, you know, we could just like take our clothes off and suck, suck, lick, lick, fuck. And we miss all the delicious, juicy, like drawn out parts of sex that I think Have are more common early on. Have you been listening to my podcast? I Only, swear to God, I just, not that long ago, I just was talking about that. I'm like, I, I mean, I love a good makeout. I've always loved a good makeout. And it's always been sort of like sad to me that more people don't appreciate a good like makeout session, just like, you you know, like when you were a kid, the way you used to do, you just get yourself so worked up right to that point. And it was just like, fuck, it felt so good. Yeah. I don't, I mean, we don't want to miss that. That's, that is good stuff. Okay. What is it like? What is it like to do a stand up show naked? Jesus. Like, oh, let's, let's circle back to that because <laughs> I mean, 
I don't know what it would get. I don't know what it would take to get me to do that. Like, I really, I don't even know. I don't even know if anything could, but. So, so you would not do 10 minutes for $50, uh, which is what the rate is on the show. Okay. Noted. <laughs> um, it's. it's I would charge, no, I would charge a lot more. I mean, like, it would really be like, okay, you know, <laughs> if I'm going to do this, it's going to cost people all right know. it's like well if you are like a buck 50 it's like you're gonna have to be able to do a really strong half hour right it's like <laughs> it's pretty normal for me at this point the, the thing that's always weird is not knowing how to stand naked because in stand-up like i'm masked by the clothes so it all like all the rotations of my knees and like a lot of it tends to look about the same like if like with baggy jeans on or something but I'm more conscious of like my posture so that my chest is up. So I look a little less titty. I'm a little conscious of like how my leg is. And so like, so like I'm not flashing you, but like if I stand up, like, like my leg splays out, like all of a sudden, like I'm standing like this, right. With like one leg like that. Right. And all of a sudden, but like clothed, it doesn't matter, but like naked, I'm like literally displaying goods in this like weird way. Right. right um, also right. my balls are really big. Like I have a you very, have I don't have like big saggy, but I just have a big fucking sack and it, it makes the dick look, it's an optical illusion. It looks smaller than it is because it's in front of the big fucking ball. It's like if we put the yeah. Statue of Liberty like, next to the world trade center, like, are they like two chicken breasts? Like that size? I don't, I don't think, I don't know. All I know is that I've been told for my entire sexual life that like I have big balls. And then when I started seeing other balls in person at like play parties and shit, I was like, oh, wow, I really do have big balls because that's a, those are tiny nuts. <laughs> and, and so, so it's like the, it, I've big, I also have big fucking meaty thighs, right? So the thighs and the sack. So it all makes the dick look smaller, but I'm like, if I was thinner, this would look like a bigger dick. But no, <laughs> honestly doing stand up naked. How big is, is it? How big is your dick? It's a totally normal boyfriend, six inches. It's just nothing yeah. special, but nothing unusable. It's. It's, it's just the right, it's I the think, right amount. I think, I think every, I think everyone has a dick type and I think that average size dicks are fabulous. Yeah. They're, you can do more things with them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just big enough that like anal might hurt. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's, but like still doable, but, but doing stand up naked, it's for me at least, it's just so normal because I've done naked stand up since college in college there was a naked show run by this guy andy ofeish and just it's hard to get stage yeah, time in new york started. city yeah that's it was like well he, he i didn't have to bring anybody so it was just kind of like hey if you're willing to take your clothes off i'll give you six seven minutes if you don't suck and i didn't suck suck but it was just like okay cool like you know i got so it was just a way for me to get stage time it wasn't even paid back then uh, so now that i'm running a show it's, it's just normal because i've done naked stand-up probably like 20, 20 plus times in, in my life. Also in college, one time I did naked stand up in front of the chick I lost my virginity to and her friends and I bombed. And that's just the worst thing that'll ever happen in my life. So it's, yeah, I would, you know, I would think, I would think that it's <laughs> like, it's like bombing naked and then grandma dying. It, that's, it's, <laughs> it's really bad. So now I'm like, it can't be that bad. I will say like, now that I, I don't know, I'm not much, I don't normally MC comedy shows, but because it's my show, I kind of end up MCing it. And it is interesting to like do crowd work while naked 
or because some of the audience can be naked, like doing the clip you saw, it's like there's a guy in the crowd, he's in the second row and he's naked, but he is wearing his COVID mask. So it was just kind of okay. like, you know, he's like, I'm a bear at all, but I want to stay safe. You know, it, right. it was yeah, like, exactly. It, it, so it's, an, it's a different element for sure. But again, for all the, the audience, after the like second, third comic, they're just kind of like, okay, another naked person. What jokes yeah. you got? Like you still have to be funny. You still have to have jokes. Yeah. You can't do 10, 15 minutes naked and just rely on like, look, it's my dick. Yeah. Have you seen that show, Puppetry of the Penis? I have not other than no. like I saw like a clip in a documentary once. Oh my God. You have got to go see that. It's fucking hilarious. I think you would totally appreciate it. Yeah. All these different contortion things they do with their penis and they're just up there naked the whole time, you know, bending away, putting it in different little shapes. And stuff. <laughs> I think I, I could actually kind of see you doing that. I would, <sighs> I could see you making a whole thing out of that. Okay. Why did you start in OnlyFans? What prompted that? Sincerely, I well, so I have at the time, I think I'd been doing the show like seven ish years. So I had an audience of people who had been listening to all these sex stories. And a lot of them would sometimes call me really cute on my DMs on Instagram and shit. And frankly, a lot of times people would want to try to get nudes of me private, like unofficially. So one, it was like a more official place for you to go flirt with me. Like you want to, you want my flirty attention that I kind of don't always want to give up. Like if you're paying, I am now super excited to like send you sultry text and voice messages and send you custom pictures and videos and all that stuff and tell you like, oh my God, you're so fucking gorgeous. And I can't wait to see what that like mouth feels like wrapped around my throbbing cock or whatever yeah. synonyms. Are you I, looking I, at my mouth while you're saying that? I was trying to look at camera, but I probably should have looked at your mouth. I, but I'm... <laughs> So I started in part because like I needed a place to kind of put that. And also, so I would stop being horny on Instagram main. It was, it was, you know, COVID lockdown. A lot of us started getting horny on main. And I was like, I'm like so close to just posting my dick in my Instagram story. Let's go have a more appropriate place for that. So there was that reason. And also, uh, you know, like I said, I, there was a body image reason. Like I learned to love my body more and appreciate it through having an OnlyFans. The first month I made my rent. So it was like, I can hate my body all I want if I want to hate my body, but I have to respect it because it's paying bills. Yeah. So it was like, maybe I'm not the gross, disgusting, fat, whatever guy who got ugly fucked that I was told I was. Yeah, I listened to that episode. I listened to that one. Did he, did we have the same terminology or did he hear me say that? Never heard that term before. I was like, the fuck's this chick got to say about ugly fucking don't talk about my people like that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, there was like a lot of like affirmation. And at the time, my my girlfriend at the time also had an OnlyFans. So like we could do like some partnered content. Yeah, it was was cool. Like different way to be creative and slutty and make some money from it. Yeah. So do you consider yourself a sex worker? It's not like my identity, but if it's good for the cause, I'll wear the shirt. Yeah, I'm just curious if you're selling, you know, you're selling images and, and do you do videos and things like that or requests? and Yeah, I, I do custom orders and all that stuff. Technically, by the definition, yes, I am, but I also don't make it like my identity. It's not the forefront of my identity because it's not the first and foremost way I make my, my income. And frankly, like, I don't need to... I just want to make sure like I'm not trying to make myself like at the forefront of a, hi, look, I'm a sex worker. So now listen to all this thing, right? It's like, I got opinions on sex work, but it's those girls have put in far more work 
than me and tend to face a lot more backlash for it than me. And like I say, I have an OnlyFans. People go like, that's so cute. It's kind of like, oh, like, hey, if you can get someone to pay for it, good for you. But then an, a hot EMT who like is making money on the side and, and somebody rats out that she has an OnlyFans, she gets fired from her job. I know. We saw that over and over during lockdown. You know, totally. the mechanic who like someone at work discovered she had an OnlyFans at the auto body shop. That mechanic showed other people at the body shop porn. He was going around showing porn. And then the, the only person who got fired was the was fucking her. chick who was discreetly trying to have an OnlyFans and make some side money, not the dude who brought and showed porn to all of his coworkers. But when I, but because I'm a dude, because I look like this, because I'm also because I'm a comedian, right? I'm not like first and foremost that. There's a little bit of a, oh, yeah, it's fun. Good for you. Yes, I am technically a sex worker and I just try not to be annoying about it. There we go. <laughs> but were you in a porno? I mean, aside from OnlyFans? Yeah, yeah. I did Team BJ2 with Sarah J and Siri. <laughs> Team? The only movie, it's only sequel that's better than the original, in my opinion. Okay. That and maybe Team? Clerks 2. But yeah. Team BJ2. Okay. And so the context was just about BJ's? Uh, so they were doing a contest They were uh, for the World Cup that year in 2014. They said, hey, if Brazil wins the World Cup, we'll blow our, all our Twitter followers. Which is ultimately like a way to recruit for like a you know free male talent for a fuck a fan type of shoot. Uh, you know you don't have to pay any of the talent basically because they're all fans. They'll fly themselves out to get themselves tested, and then you get to like get you know, make this content. I thought it was a cool marketing idea to get more followers and all that shit. And like I saw like a, a press release about it. I was like, oh, I reached out, and it was kind of a spot trade thing. I said to Sarah J, I was like, oh, you how about this? I'll come do your porno. You do my podcast. So. Like I flew out to Vegas, we did the blow bang, and then the next day she, you know, came to my hotel room and, and we did uh, did an episode of the show. She was my first porn star interview. Also, one of the few people who have done my podcast twice. She was on a she was on again last year, but she was also episode twenty two, if I remember okay. correctly. Yeah. Okay. She was great. Very fun. Her she's got the same security guy for like a decade. Like I, the guy I met in twenty fourteen. I saw him at like Still. AVNs in 2019. I go up to him. I was like, hey, man, you don't remember me, but I was at that thing. I pulled up a picture like we took together. And he's like, yo, bro, can you send that to me? I look good in that. He's like a big, <laughs> wide dude. So yeah, yeah. I think he was like, I, I guess he's like, yeah, man, I look five pounds slimmer in that. Like instead of 325, <laughs> I look 320. Can you send that to me? I'm going to put it on my Tinder. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put it on my Tinder. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sarah J, funny. sweet gal, sweet gal. I love that. Okay. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Tell everyone where they can find you. For sure. Obviously, you can check out the Man Whore Podcast uh, for sex-positive conversations where, wherever you listen to audio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that stuff. Uh, you can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram, tend to be where I live. If you search uh, Billy Presida, you'll find me. If you do live in the greater New York area, I've got naked comedy shows coming up on May 20th and June 16th. And I alluded to it earlier, but if you are looking for a uh, more sex positive community, it sounds like, you know, your space is a bit on the, uh, the raunchier sex story side of it. But if you're just looking to kind of connect with, I don't know, that's just what I assume you're, I listen to your show. You say cock a lot and you say it very well, <laughs> mind you. <laughs> no, but if you're, I, I do have a, a free discord server. It's called the champagne room. I have a lot of channels on a lot of different topics. Some are sex and dating related. Some are not. If you go to manwhorepod.com slash discord, 
you can uh, join up. Link to all my stuff's in the, you know, my in my Instagram, in my social media bios. Yes. It's always weird. You're like, what do I plug and what do I not plug? It's like, I know, I know. It's, uh, you know, too many calls to action. Check out the Manor Podcast. Start at the podcast. That's right. You'll trickle right. your way down, and New Yorkers maybe come see me uh, tell some jokes with my dick out. Yes. And if you guys missed any of those links, don't worry. I will have them all in the show notes for you. So you will be able to get a hold of Billy. Please check his stuff out. He is very talented, amazing content, and very funny. So I would love to come see your naked show, actually. I'm going to try to make that one in June, you said? Uh, yeah, June 16th. Yeah, I think that would be so much fun. All right, everyone. Well, well now, question, guys- question. If you come to the Naked Show, the first two rows are nudity optional. Would you disrobe to any level sitting in the audience? I think that's like the best selling point. To the- I think we just sold out the show just there. Come, not only can you see comedians tell jokes, but you might see Layla with her titties out. Very good chance. I might have to put like just some little pasties on or some tassels or something fun, you know, but yeah, I mean- I'll push the boundary. All right. And then, then we can see. See, nobody knows who I am. They don't They don't know me. They can't see how, how attractive you are. Do you know I've never showed? No, I don't show my, I don't show myself. I mean, the picture in my, on my social media is like kind of like a partial, you know, yeah. like, but no, I've kind of bucked that whole system of using my body to sell and promote my content. I just want my content to fucking stand on its own and either it is or it isn't, you know? And so there we go. Very admirable of you. Yeah. All right. Everyone, you know where you can find me and you know what my favorite thing for you to do is, is go to the Leave me a voicemail. I love, love, love hearing from you. Love your feedback. You can click on the pink tab on the right-hand side. You got five minutes. Let it rip. I get back to each and every one of you. Sometimes I get a little behind guys. I'm like actually trying to play catch up right now. Also, do not forget that when you purchase from any one of my sponsors this month, Green Chef, Educated, just to name a few, if you send me proof of purchase, I will give you a free trial to the private podcast. Now converting to the curious community with all kinds of goodies in there. So there you go, guys. Everyone stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com, and join my subscribers-only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.